Welcome. At the beginning of Parshas Vayera, we read that three Anoshim, three men, came to visit Avraham shortly after he had per- performed Rismila on himself. Rashi explains that these were actually three Malachim, these were three angels. One came to uh, inform Sarah that she is going to have a child, even though she is at a very advanced age already. One came one came to destroy Sodom, and one came to heal Avraham from his operation. We're going to focus on a second time, on a second appearance of these Malachim. It says that two of these Malachim, uh, following their visit with Avraham, they then proceeded to Sodom, where Avraham's uh, nephew Lot was living. Rashi explains the, the Malach that came, Levasera Sarah, to inform Sarah that she was going to have a child. So that Malach was finished with his business. He, he went away. He went on his way. But the remaining two, the one that was supposed to, the one that was intended, who had the job of overturning Stom, of course, he went to Stom, and the one who had the job of healing Avraham, he then went to, to rescue Lot from the destruction of Sodom. And we read in Perak Yodtes, Pasuk Aleph, And the two Malachim, these two angels, they came to Sodom in the evening. Lot Yoshev Bishar Sodom, and Lot was sitting at the gate of Sodom. Vayar Lot, and Lot saw, Vayokam Li Krasom, and he got up, he stood up to greet them, Vayishtahu Apayim Artsa, and he bowed down with his face to the ground. Posik base, Vayomer, and he said, Hine no Adonai, behold, my masters, Suruno, El base Avdechem, turn now to the house of your servant, meaning, Come off the road and come to my house. And stay overnight and wash your feet. And then you will get up early the next morning. And then you will go along your way. And they said, Lo. They said, No. Rather, we will stay overnight out on the street. They didn't want to come to Lot's house. Pasig Gimel, Vayifso Bam Ma'od, Lot entreated them very much. He really asked them over and over and very strongly, please come and stay with me. Vayasuru Elov, and so finally they turned off the road and came to him. Vayavo El Beso, and they came to his house. Vayaslahem Mishteh, and he made for them a, a feast, made for them a meal. Umatzais afar, and he baked matzais, vayechelu, and they ate. Let's see the Rashi, or at least most of the Rashi, on these psukim. Uh, certain points we're going to concentrate on, certain points we will just read quickly. Rashi first comments on the word shnei, that it was only two of the malachim, two of those that had visited Avraham, now came to visit Lot. Rashi says, Echod la shchis es 
One came now to destroy Sidaim, the Echad Lahatsila Sloth, and one came, the other one came with a different mission. His mission was to rescue Lot. That's the same one who previously had gone to heal Avraham. He now received a new job, a new task, a similar task, a, a task of, of helping someone. He now had the task of rescuing Lot. The third Malach who had come to Avraham in order to inform Sora that she's going to have a child. So Kivan since he had done his job, so he turned away. He he went away. Okay. Rashi now comments on the word Hamalachim. These angels came to Lot. Rashi says, Ula Halon, Anashim. Over there, meaning in the Psukim about Avraham, in the previous Psukim about Avraham, Kiraom Anoshim. Over there the, the Pasik refers to them as Anoshim. Now they are the same beings, whatever it is that they are, but in, in the Psukim regarding Avraham, the Pasik called them Anoshim, people. Here in the Psukim regarding Lot, the Torah refers to them as Malachim. So Rashi explains, Kishahisa Shina Imahem, Kiraom Anoshim. When the Shina was with them, when they went to visit Avraham, so then the Pasuk refers to them as Anoshim, meaning as compared to the Shechina, as, as compared to, to Hashem's actual presence, so they were just like people. They, they really were angels. But in comparison to the Shechina, which was in Avraham's presence, they were just like people. Whereas when they went to see Lot, Lot did not have the Shechina with him, and therefore, these relatively, these were very spiritual beings, and therefore the Torah calls them Malachim. Dover Acher, another explanation, says Rashi, Eitzel Avraham Gadol, by Avraham, whose strength was very great, meaning his spiritual strength was very great. And Malachim were commonly, were always around him. Just like people, just like you have people coming to your house. So Abraham, it was very common for him to have Malachim visiting his house. So Kira'om, Anoshim. So there the Torah refers to them as Anoshim. But by Lot, Kira'om, Malachim. By Lot was on a much lower spiritual level. He was not accustomed to having um, celestial beings visit his home. So there, they, they stood out. They were, and, they, and the Torah refers to them as Malachim. Rashi continues. Bo'erev, it says that these Malachim came to Lot in the evening. Now here Rashi asks a question, an explicit question. Did the Malachim tarry so much to get from Chevroin to Sidaim? Avraham was at the time living in Hebron. And they came to Avraham, it says in the Pasuk there, they came to him, they came at the, at the hottest part of the day, so presumably in the middle of the day, approximately noontime. And that was in Hebron. And where, where are they now? Where did they go now? They went to Sedaim, which is not very far from Hebron. So Rashi's asking, why did it take so long for the Malachim to make this short trip from Hebron to Sedaim? 
Rashi answers, Ella, rather, it must be like as follows. Malachi Rachemim Hoyu, these were angels of mercy, even though one was coming to destroy Sedaim. But they were both angels of mercy. Umamtinin, Mamtimin, Mamtinim, Sheme Yuchal Avraham, the Lamed Alehem, Sanegoria. They were waiting. Perhaps Avram would be able to, to uh, develop some kind of a defense for the people of Sedaim, as he tried to do. They were leaving time. They were walking very slowly from Hebron to Sedaim because they were waiting. Perhaps Avraham would find a way that, uh, that, that he could rescue the people from Sedaim. So they finally arrived in Sedaim in the evening. Rashi says, Volot Yoshev Bashar Sedaim. Lot was sitting at the gate of Sedaim, says Rashi, Yoshav Ksiv. The word Yoshev uh, would more normally be written Yud Vav Shin base with a dot above the Vav. That would mean he is sitting. But here it's written Yud Shin base, which can be read Yoshav. He did sit. So Rashi comments here on the Ksiv, on the Masura that we have, that the word must be written this way, Yud Shin base. So also Hayyim Minuhu Shefet Alehem. That day, the people of Sedaim had appointed Lot to be a judge above them. So it's Lot Yoshav. Lot that day sat down to be the judge. Rashi continues, Vayar Lot Vagaimer. Lot saw the people and he and he um, he invited them in. Okay, says Rashi. Vayar Lot Vigoimer, he invited them in, he offered them a meal. So Rashi says, Mi Avraham Lamad From the house of Avraham, Lot had learned to go after guests, to look for guests and to offer them hospitality. We're going to just summarize the next Rashi. Volinu Lot offered them to come stay overnight with him. And then, and he then said, first he said, come stay with me for the night. And then he said, and wash your feet. Rashi comments that this seems to be out of order. So Rashi explains that Avram, who said it the other way around, he didn't want, um, he, he, he thought that, um, well, let's start with Lot. Rashi says that Lot knew that his neighbors in Stoim were very much opposed to the idea of kindness and hachnasis orchem. So if they would come by and see these people sitting in his house with nice clean feet, they would, they would say that, oh, they must have been here already a couple of days, two or three days, and you didn't tell us? So therefore he told them, eh, it's better you should just stay here with your dirty feet, and if somebody, anybody sees you, it'll look like you just arrived. Okay, let's continue. Matzais afar. It says he baked matzais for them. Why would he bake matzais for them? Says Rashi, Pesach hayo. It was Pesach. There are, of course, many, many different questions that could be raised on these Rashi comments. I would like to focus on four questions. I will say before I even start that these four questions, not all of them are related to each other necessarily. Uh, some of them just have a, a local 
answer, an answer that answers that one particular question, and then you go to the other question and you have an answer that answers just that one particular question, and one doesn't particularly shed light on the other. But some of these questions are very much related and help us to develop a general picture of what is happening in these psukim. The first question I'd like to raise is that Rashi here discusses the difference between the Parsha about Avraham, where these visitors are referred to as Anoshim, and here, in the Parsha about Lot, they're referred to as Malachim. And Rashi explains why it's different. He gives two different explanations. The question is, why didn't Rashi discuss this when he was talking about Avraham? By Avraham, it says that three Anashim came to visit him. There, Rashi does not uh, note that, uh, that later on, regarding Lot, the same, the same three beings are referred to by a different title, as Malachim. That's question number one. Question number two. It says in the Pasuk that these Malachim came, they came to Lot, they came to Sodom, Bo'erev, and Rashi begins with an explicit question. He asks, Did it take so long for those Malachim to come from Hebron, where they had visited Avraham, to, to arrive here in Stoim to visit Lot? And we know the general principle is that Rashi does not usually ask explicit questions. Here he breaks his rule, and the question is, why? Question number three has a couple of different parts. The Pusik says that Lot saw these people coming, and he, he got up, and he offered them to come into his house, and when they finally agreed, he made a whole meal for them. So Rashi says, Vayar Lot, Lot saw, etc., that it was from the house of Avraham that Lot had learned to look for guests and to offer them hospitality. In other words, Rashi sounds like, uh, really Lot is not such a hospitable person. Really, he's not interested in, in helping people. But he had learned it by Avraham. The obvious question is, how does Rashi know that? That's one question. A second part, a second part of the same question is that this statement here, this Pusik here that says that Lot did go and did greet the guests and did, did offer them hospitality, did invite them into his home. So it seems to contradict something that Rashi said previously. In Perak Yud Gimel, Pusik Yud Aleph, the Torah is taught, telling us that there had been a dispute between the shepherds of Avraham and the shepherds of Lot, and Avraham decided that he and Lot should split, they should go live in two different places. And it says there that Lot traveled away from Avraham, Mikedem. He went off, uh, I believe Rashi says there, he left Avraham in the east and Lot went more to the west. But Rashi there comments on that phrase, Mikedem, 
And Rashi says, Hisia atzmoi mikadmoina shal oilam. Lot took himself away from the kadmoinoi shal oilam, from the first one of the world, meaning from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, from the so-called first cause of the universe. Lot took himself away. Omar, he said, I don't want Avraham. I don't want to be friends with Avraham. And I don't want anything to do with his God. And he left. So there Rashi seems to be saying that Lot had totally denounced Avraham. And here Rashi is saying that um, oh, Lot may or may have not been the world's nicest person, the most hospitable person, but he offered hospitality because so he had learned from Avraham. Sounds like he had not denounced everything about Avraham. So that's question number three. Question number four is about the Pasuk that says the Lot baked matzahs for his guests. And Rashi says, that's because, why did he choose to bake matzahs? Because it was Pesach. So this question also has several parts. First of all, how does Rashi know this? Um, maybe he decided to bake matzahs. There is a comment from Radak who explains that if guests come to your house and you, you don't have a, a bread box full of bread, you're going to bake for them. Well, if you bake regular bread, regular chametz bread, you have to mix the dough and knead it, and you have to let it sit around for several hours until it rises. You don't want to have the guests waiting for so long. Therefore, it's, it's, it's preferable in such a circumstance to bake matzah. Matzah, you, you, you mix the dough very quickly and knead it and throw it in a hot oven, and in, in a few minutes it's all ready. So Radak explains that the Lot chose to bake matzahs because that would be quicker, and that's, that's a good way to perform the mitzvah of Achnas Orchim when guests come unexpectedly. So how did Rashi know that the reason he made the matzahs is because, it, is because it was Pesach? Part B of that question is that, again, we have this problem that Rashi said previously that Lot had taken himself away from Kadmaina Shalom and he had decided, I don't want anything to do with Avraham and I don't want everything to, anything to do with his God. And yet here you see he was observing the mitzvah of matzah on Pesach. And a third question, perhaps the biggest question of all, is what does this mean altogether? The boat baked matzahs because it was Pesach. What is the meaning altogether of Pesach and matzahs pre-Exodus, before Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? It would, from, there are many psukim which indicate that the whole purpose of Haga Pesach and, and matzahs is to commemorate, to relive the events of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Well, there hadn't been any Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim yet, so what does it mean altogether that Lot was eating, was preparing matzahs for his guests because it was Pesach? Let's begin with the first question, which was, why doesn't Rashi discuss the difference between Anoshim and, and Malachim back near the beginning of the Parsha when the Pasuk told us that three Anoshim visited Lot. I am hope I visited Avraham. I hope that at least some of the people listening to this already know the answer. The answer is something that I've said many, many times, that it is the derech, it is the method of Rashi, that when he 
comes to a Pasuk and he sees something in a Pasuk, if it is sensible, if it if there's no internal contradiction or difficulty about what it says, Rashi will leave it without comment, even though he certainly knew that in some later Pasuk there is something contradictory, or at least something different. So here, when Rashi approached the Psukim about Avraham, the Pasuk says that three Anashim came to visit Avraham, so, so three Anashim, that's what they're called. Uh, in fact, I mean, Rashi says there that they, to Avraham, they look like Anashim. They look like human beings. So there's nothing to talk about. Even though Rashi certainly knew that later on, the, the, the scripture is going to tell us that the same three or two out of these three beings went to visit Lot, and there they are called Malachim. They're called by a different name. But Rashi left that for later, because the first Pasuk is good, and He's not going to worry about a later Pusik. By the way, if you look in the commentary of Radak, in the Psukim about Abraham, he discusses the difference between, between Anashim and Malachim right there in the Psukim about Abraham. He apparently doesn't agree with this klal that Rashi has. But Rashi's, Rashi's derech always is that just leave a Pusik to itself, don't worry about what it says in a later Pasuk, unless it's necessary for reason A, B, or C. We've discussed some of the, uh, we've discussed some of the possible exceptions uh, over the years, but, but the simple premise is, if a Pasuk says something and it, and it makes sense, Rashi just leaves it alone. He doesn't bother with later Pesukim. What is interesting here is that when you look at Rashi's answers to the question, it comes out that uh, the, the more interesting of the two psukim, quote-unquote, the more novel of the two psukim is the one about Avraham. The Pasuk about Lot says that, that two malachim came to him. Well, that's really exactly what happened. Two malachim came. And that's really what happened with Avraham also. They were malachim. The, the Pasuk that is really telling us something noteworthy is the Pasuk about Avraham, which says, which, which Rashi explains that since the Shekhinah was with Avraham, so these Malachim were referred to as Anoshim. Or since Avraham was so used to seeing Malachim, so the Pasuk just refers to them as Anoshim. So of these two Psukim, which one is really telling us something new and noteworthy? It's really the first one. And yet Rashi doesn't worry about that. Rashi is willing to just accept the first Pusuk at face value, Shleisha Anashim. Nothing wrong with that. There's nothing difficult to understand about that. The fact that there is a later Pusuk which seems to contradict it, or at least say something different about the same topic, Rashi will leave that for later. Let's now talk about question number two. Question number two was that the Pusik says that the, the Malachim came to Lot Erev, and Rashi asks an explicit question. Did it take so long for the Malachim to travel from Hebron, where they had spoken to Avraham at midday, all the way until the evening, to take them all the way until the evening to arrive in Stoim, where they were going to talk to Lot? Rashi raises that question. And we asked, 
that it is not Rashi's derech, it's not normal for Rashi to ask his questions explicitly. The vast majority of questions that Rashi raises, he doesn't actually write the question. He just copies a piece of the Pusik and tells you how to understand it. We always have to go back and say, what was bothering Rashi? What was Rashi's question? But it is clearly Rashi's method that he doesn't usually tell you what the question was. Why over here does he tell you the question? Well, this I've explained many times in the name of the Sefer Maskil the David, that when Rashi asks an explicit question, that's really not his main question. Rashi's main question really is always something in the Pasuk itself, and he doesn't tell you exactly what the question is. In my humble opinion, that's because he expected you to look carefully at the Pasuk and to notice what was difficult. The explicit question that Rashi asks is a way of coming to his answer, to his implicit question, to his unstated question. Here, the Maskele David explains that Rashi had a question on the Pusik itself. And his question was, why does this Pusik even mention what time of day or evening it was when the Malachim arrived to speak to Lot? It says, they came to Sedaim Ba'erev. Now, what would have been if the Pasuk would have left out that word Ba'erev altogether? You didn't really need to know exactly what time they got there. That was Rashi's real question. Rashi answers by quoting Chazal, who raised a different question. Chazal raised a question, why did it take them so long to get from Hebron to Sedaim? And our Chazal answer that they were waiting Perhaps Avraham would be able to, uh, to present a defense for the people of Sodom, and they wouldn't have to be destroyed. So they were waiting a long time to, to, to see perhaps Avraham could do that. Now the answer answers Rashi's question also, his implicit question. Rashi's implicit question was, why does the Pasuk mention that they got there by Erev? Because it's teaching us that these malachim were waiting to see if perhaps Avraham could present a defense. Rashi mentions the question, as a way of introducing the answer, which really answers his own question, which is implicit in the Pasuk. Um, these two answers are, in, in my opinion, good, solid answers. I don't think that they in particularly... Um, reflect upon each other in any way. I don't think they, um, I don't think they give us any key to the to the meaning of all these psukim in general. But they are good, solid answers. Our third question was about the Rashi comment on the words "Vayar Lot," etc. That it says that Lot saw these malachim. He invited them into his home. He ultimately gave them a meal, and Rashi seems to. Uh, disparage Lot's hospitality to a certain extent. Rashi seems to tell us uh, he didn't exactly mean this l'shem uh, shemayim, but rather, he had learned from Abraham to do this. So he did it also. And we asked two questions. First of all, how does Rashi know this? Maybe he really was a very hospitable, kind person. And secondly, how could you say that he was just doing what he had learned from Avraham 
But we had a previous Rashi comment that said that when Lot left Avraham, when they, when they stopped living together in the same place, when Lot left, he denounced Avraham. He said, I don't want anything to do with him, and I don't want anything to do with his, with his God and his religion. So how could it be that here he is copying Avraham? The Maskil the David answers both of these questions. First of all, how did Rashi know that, how does Rashi know that Lot was not a, a truly hospitable person? So the Maskil the David says that the Pasuk does not say Vayarem Lot, that Lot saw the, these Malachim and therefore decided to help them. It says Vayar, he saw. What did he see? So from this diok, from this small point, the Maskele David explains that Rashi understood that he wasn't doing this, he wasn't inviting the Orchim into his house for their benefit, as a matter of, of chesed for them. But rather it was vayar, he saw, he had, meaning he had seen in the house of Avraham that this is what you do. So he did it also. And the Maskele David adds on, he was doing it in a way of mitzvahs anoshim melumada, of just a, tr- a mitzvah of people that have been trained to do a mitzvah without real feeling, without real devotion, without really the proper intent. But this is how we do it. Really, he didn't care about the malachim. Who cares about them? He didn't see them and decide he's going to take care of them. No, he saw, meaning he saw what he, what he had seen in the house of Avraham, and he mechanically copycatted what he had seen in Avraham's house. So this explains, first of all, how did Rashi know that he did not mean this so sincerely? And also it explains... We can now understand that even though Lot had denounced Abraham and had denounced Abraham's God, and he had gone to live somewhere else and he wants nothing more to do with Abraham anymore, but he still had some of those habits that he had learned in Abraham's house. He still did them in a robotic fashion uh, because that's how he was brought up. That, that, that's how he had been taught. So in a robotic sort of way, in a mechanical kind of way, he continued to act in that way. With this fundamental point, that Lot, even though he had denounced Avraham, but he continued to do certain mitzvahs in a way of mitzvahs anoshim milumada, this can help us to answer our fourth question. Our fourth question was, that the Pesach says that, that Lot baked, baked matzahs for his guests. So our question was, how does Rashi know that he baked matzahs before it was Pes- because it was Pesach? Maybe he, wanted to bake, maybe he wanted to bake something very quickly. To bake regular bread uh, takes a long time, as, as the Radak explains. So, so he wanted to do it quickly to help the Orchim. How did Rashi know he baked the matzahs because it was Pesach? 
Surprisingly, in, if one looks in the Mephorshe Rashi, one looks in the Rashi super commentaries, there's, there's very little written about this Rashi. This whole Rashi that says that he baked the matzahs because it was Pesach, there's almost no comments explaining how Rashi knew it or what it means, or we're to a, to a large extent left on our own. Uh, the one comment that I did see is in a sefer called Messiah Ilmim, was written by a, uh, a Sephardic hacham who lived right around the time of the expulsion from Spain. And he's quoting a, a Taisvis. Where one would find this Taisvis, it's not a Taisvis on the Gemara, but he's quoting a comment by the Bali Taisvis. Um, the the Bali Taisvis explain that if you take, there's a Pasek about Avraham. Avraham offered bread to his guests to these malachim. And he said to Sarah, Lushi vasi ugais, uh, knead the dough and make ugais, make cakes or loaves. And here the Pasik says that Lot was matzai safa, he baked matzah. So he says, you put the two things together, the Balitaisha say, you put together ugais that Avraham instructed Sarah to make, and you take the Matzai Safa, the Matzais that Lot baked, and you have Ugois Matzais, like the Pasik says in Sefer Shmois regarding Yesias Mitzrayim, Ugois Matzais Kigloi Chametz. When, when Klayas left Mitzrayim, they, they made Ugois Matzais, they made cakes or loaves of Matzah because uh, the dough didn't have time to rise. So that's how we know that uh, when Lot made the Matzas, he was doing it because it was Pesach. Uh, very interesting. It's hard, to, it's hard for me to imagine that that's how Rashi knew it. So how did Rashi know it? Well, partially, I think we can say, we can explain it with the comments that we just learned a moment ago from Maskele David, that Lot actually had denounced Abraham. He had, he had renounced and denounced. He's not interested in Abraham and his God anymore. But... He continued to do some of the things that he had learned in Avram's house in a way of Mitzvah Sanashim Milumada. Now, let's think about why did Lot bake matzais? We have two possibilities. One possibility is the way the Radak explained, that he wanted to benefit his guests because baking matzah doesn't take as long and in a very short time he can present them with some nice fresh bread, matzah bread. That's one way to understand it. The other way to understand it is, that why was he specifically baking matzahs? Because there's a mitzvah, it was Pesach. Well, which would you choose, now that we know about Lot, that he's a person who only does mitzvahs that he learned from Avram in a way of mitzvah sanasha milumada? Was he going the extra mile to be mahane, to benefit his guests? Probably not. He was, uh, he was observing a ritual, which he had seen in the house of Avraham, not with a full heart, in a mechanical way, but this we can understand he was fulfilling that ritual of eating matzah on Pesach. We're still left, but the question, what is the meaning of Pesach and matzahs in this pre-Exodus period of history. This is, uh, this is uh, 
good couple of hundred years before Klai Yisrael left Mitzrayim. So what is the point of, of eating matzahs? Well, for this we need to take a look at a couple of psukim in Parsha's bow. There it says, in Perak Yud Gimel, Pasuk Hei, Ohayoki yaviyach ha'ashem al eretz ha'knani, yachiti v'amoyri v'yachiti, yachivi v'ayavusi, it will be when Hashem will bring you to the land of the Kanani and the other nations, Asher Nishbala Vosecha Laseslach, that Hashem swore to give to you, Eretz of Aschalavodvash, a land of milk and honey. When you get there, the Avadta Esa Avaido Hazos, you will perform this Avaida, you will do this service to Hashem in this month, meaning you will bring the Korban Pesach and you will do the other mitzvahs of Chag Pesach. And the Pasuk continues, Pasuk Vav, Shivas Yamim Techal Matzais, seven days you will eat Matzais, Oviyem Ashvii Chag Lashem. And on the seventh day will be another, will be a Chag Lashem, that will, that will be a Yom Tev. Pasuk Zion, Matzais Yechel Es Shivas Yamim, Matzais will be eaten for those seven days, Olo Yerael Chachamets, and no Chamets will be will be seen by you, and no sa'or, which is uh, sourdough, which is a kind of a concentrated chametz that causes another dough to become chametz. None of that shall be seen by you, in all of your borders. Now, and you will tell your son on that day, saying, because of this, Hashem did for me when I went out from Mitzrayim. What does it mean, Bavur Zeh? Because of this, because of what? What is the referent of, the, of that Zeh? What is the word Zeh referring to? Rashi says, Bavur Zeh, Bavur Sha'akayim Mitzvaisov. In order that I should perform Hashem's commandments. Pesach, Matzah, Like the Korban Pesach and the Matzah and the Moror, which are mentioned or at least alluded to in the previous Psukim. So, according to Rashi, the Pesach is telling us that in the future, when you have arrived in Eretz Israel, you will bring the Korban Pesach and you'll eat the Matzah and the Moror, and you will tell your child on that day, for the sake of these mitzvahs that I'm doing, that's why Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim. Now that sounds a little backwards. As the Ibn Ezra points out, this sounds like not that we are eating the matzahs and the moro and the korban pesach in order to remember that Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim, which is usually how we understand it, but this Pasuk and this Rashi, he doesn't mention Rashi by name, but he clearly is referring to this, this interpretation of the Pasuk. This interpretation of the Pasuk seems to be saying that, no, Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim for the purpose so that we should do these mitzvahs of Pesach, Matzah, or Moror. Let me read a few words from the Ibn Ezra. He says, we do not eat the matzahs every year 
because of the signs and wonders that Hashem did for, did for us in Mitzrayim. No. Rak perush ba'avur zeh, the meaning of the Pasuk that says ba'avur zeh, ba'avur zeh for the purpose of doing this service to Hashem, shehi achilas matzah, v'lo yeachel chametz, which means eating matzah and not eating chametz, etc., for this purpose, so that we should do these mitzvahs, also lanu oisais umayvsim ad shehoitzianu. That's why Hashem did these signs and wonders and brought us out of Mitzrayim. We eat, we, we eat them, we, we don't eat the matzahs and the morah and the korban pesach to remember that Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim. No. Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim because he wanted us to eat the matzahs and the Korban Pesach, etc. Rabbi Yeruchim Levovitz, the great mashkiach of the Mir Yeshiva in Europe, explains that the, what was the whole purpose of the miracles of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? The purpose, I mean, he's really just paraphrasing what the Ibn Ezra says here, the purpose was that we should do these mitzvahs. Similarly, he says, that when a Kodesh Baruch Hu did certain mitzvahs, and we say halal every year on that same date. So he says that the tachlis anes hu bishvila halal. What was the real purpose of the miracle? The purpose of the miracle was so that we should say halal. It's not that Hashem saved us and now we thank Him by saying halal. No. Hashem saved us because He wants us to say halal. There's a, there's a saying that uh, some people who have very little understanding of Judaism, they like to throw around this saying. They say, all Jewish holidays are the same. What is it? They wanted to kill us. God saved us. Let's eat. Okay? In Mitzrayim, they wanted to kill us. Well, they wanted to enslave us. Hashem saved us. Let's eat. Every Jewish holiday is the same. But it turns out that's, that's backwards, according to the Rashi and the Ibn Ezra. Anyway, the correct way to look at it is God wanted us to eat and to rejoice and to give thanks. Therefore, he had someone threaten to kill us and then saved us. So, when we talk about Lot eating matzahs on Pesach, it's not Akashia. What's he doing? You'd see us Mitzrayim didn't happen yet. No. There's something about the, the night of the 15th of Nisan, which there's some spiritual energy in that day which corresponds to the eating of matzah. Uh, perhaps one can say that day has some special spiritual energy of geula, of redemption, and Lot was being redeemed from the destruction of Sedaim. Um, perhaps we can, let's leave it like that. I'm not saying that's the, the, the beginning and the end of it, but that, that's certainly true. And the purpose, and, and, and that goes together with the idea of eating matzah. Exactly how and why, that's, that's perhaps for another time. But eating matzah is not just something that we do because there was a Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, HaKadosh Baruch who did it 
in order to be mechayavas, in order to obligate us in the mitzvah of eating matzah. But matzah really has something to do with that day, even without Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And therefore, we can understand a little bit what Lot was doing, eating matzahs. And we can understand in general, uh, Chazal tell us, Rashi himself tells us, that Avram Avinu and the other Avais, they performed the whole Torah, even before it was given. And there are so many mitzvahs in the Torah that are based on Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. So one could ask, what were they doing? But the answer is, it's the other way around. Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim was, 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 was a tool that HaKadosh Baruch Hu used to make those mitzvahs obligatory upon all of us, all of us. But the mitzvahs have a meaning even without Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, and that's what the others were doing.